What is up on this episode? I have the man, the myth, the legend, John Legend. No, I'm just kidding. Johan Artiaga Ramos. Hopefully I said that correctly. If I didn't, sorry, bud. AKA Jar, the work of Jar, whatever, bruh. He is a content creation powerhouse. Incredibly talented. If you know, you know. And if you don't, make sure to check his Instagram at the work of Jar. And uh, try to keep your uh, jaw from dropping. His shit's just that good. Super stoked to, uh, you know, have him on the... Whew, trying to say that on one breath. Super stoked to have had him on the podcast. Lots to chat about. Great little nuggets of knowledge. Uh, so, uh, listen up. Let's go. Hello. The work of Jar, dude. What is going on? Is this happening right now? I don't I don't know. Maybe. Who is knows? this really going down right now? I don't know, dude. <laughs> it, you can always think about like how we all like people think we live in a simulation. This could just be part of the simulation and someone else is yeah. controlling this whole shit. But who who knows? Yeah. Man? Who knows? <laughs> uh, how are you, Danny Todd? Dude, um I'm I'm doing good, you know, just kinda Living, living life. I uh, was on furlough for a little bit, but I'm I'm back at work now. So my uh, my weekdays are kind of just work, and then the weekends is all play and podcasts. So uh, you know, doing all right, Whoa. doing all right. Yeah, where do you work at? Uh, I'm working at a place called Bay Photo. It's a uh, uh-huh. like a photo lab and all that fun stuff. So if you know people nice. order prints and and all that stuff, I'm I'm dealing with that. So. That's very on brand of you. I, right. I was like, well, I mean, there's no creative input, but at least I'm seeing, you know, immersing myself within more like just so many photos every day. So it's, it's yeah, like you said, on brand a little. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. That's awesome. How about you, man? What what have you been up to? I mean, some crazy times we're in. Yeah, man. Um, dude. Yeah. <laughs> this year was kind of a, a kind of crazy. You know, I started the year off. Um, I flew to Seattle and I started a tour that took up like three months of my life, like two months and a half. Oh, okay. um, yeah. And then so, you know, I did I did like a North America tour and then I went to Europe and then I came back um, like March 7th or so. And, you know, by this time, you know, when I'm on tour, I kind of disconnect really from like everyone and from everything i just kind of like focus on the job and i mean as you know it's it's sort of um it's very taxing and if you're trying to do too many things at once it can get kind of overwhelming so i'm very kind of single-minded when it comes to touring Mm -hmm. and so um yeah i would just like disconnect a lot and like i wouldn't really keep up with the news but i kept hearing about um you know coronavirus um but i didn't really take it seriously at first to be honest like um especially like over in europe you know a lot of people over there were very skeptical and and that's where it was hitting the hardest in some of those parts um and so um so i was like oh well i'm going back to the states so i'll be fine um this really won't affect me you know very very (laughs) naive um (laughs) i feel you um not really knowing what i'm about to get into and then i fly back march 7th um, land in LA and, and then like the next couple of weeks, it was like, just, it was so hilarious. Cause it was like three weeks of me sitting in front of my computer screen and like waking up every day and being like, okay, what tour is going to get canceled now? Uh, like what, <laughs> what other thing was I looking forward to that? I don't, that I can't look forward to anymore. So, um, the last, co- the last couple of months have been also just like 
a lot of that, a lot of like, oh, well, this isn't happening anymore. This, this is scheduled for next year. And so it kind of put me in a place where I was, to be honest with you, man, I got kind of sad, you know, like I, I got, I got kind of sad as an understatement. I got really sad yeah. <laughs> about the whole situation. Understandable. Uh, I'm not the kind of, I'm not the kind of guy that gets like mad, but, um, or, or angry or frustrated, but I do get, um, I do get sad. So I got sad about it all. And, and, and I was trying to figure out like, you know, where am I going to go with this? Um, touring was like my main source of income. Um, although I did like a lot of video editing on the side, um, mm -hmm. it wasn't like, it didn't take up like a large portion of my income. Um, and so, yeah, like when I first started out, uh, before I even got into touring, I was doing a lot of like freelance video editing work. And so I had all these like, um, this backlog of clients that I had built relationships with. And mm -hmm. so, um, I, what's the saying? I picked myself up from the bootstraps. <laughs> and, I think that's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If well, not, it, it's a saying now. Bootstraps, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I just got, I got really in a proactive state of mind. I was like, you know what, man, I'm going to take this time off to like rebuild my website, reestablish my brand, um, uh, reach out to some of these, um, old clients that I had built relationships with and see if I can make something work there. Um, because to be honest with you, man, like, um, touring for me, um, is very fun and it's very re rewarding, but it's also very taxing and it's not a sustainable way of, oh, 100%. Yeah. of living. As you know, you know, it's, it's, you put everything on pause. It's a, it's a large sacrifice. Um, you're sacrificing a lot of your time, you know, and, um, every time I come back from tour, I, I feel like I've aged like 10 years, dude. Like, you know, <laughs> I feel you, dude, for sure. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm 22 years old right now, but I feel like a, like a, 35, <laughs> 45 year old trapped Dude, in a 22 year old's body. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. When I started touring, it was like yeah. fresh out of high school, 18 years old and like obviously still young at heart, but you know, I had to do some yeah. growing up, whether I, it was, you know, just the, the way of the road, like not purposely, like in my head, like, all right, I got to grow up, like just forced yeah. by, you know, having to fend for food and, and trying to make sure I'm not some shithead kid. You know, which I'm, I was, you know, but like, it just definitely forces you to, to grow up a bit. It adds some years for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Because, you know, I was actually more referring to like the physical side of things. Like I, I could see the back. Oh, yeah, I could like count sure. the bags under my eyes. But you brought up a, a great point about it also uh, taking a toll on your, um, no, not taking a toll, but adding, adding a bit of wisdom to you because you're learning how to, um, you know, live with a bunch of strangers on like a, on a tiny bus and uh, on a tiny bus. Oh my gosh, there's people that tour in vans, <laughs> know, and, right? and I'm over here underselling the bus. Grateful for the bus life, by the by the way. But oh um, yeah, and I'm grateful for touring. But um, and I'm grateful as well for the things that I've learned through touring, like just being more emotionally intelligent. Um, kind of building up my social skills a bit more because you're kind of forced in these environments where you have to socialize with a lot of, uh, you know, different random people from all over the world. So, you know, it's, it's, you're sort of, um, you sort of just take a deep dive into that world and in that universe. And, and that's really cool. I think that, I think that paid a lot of dividends and, and now it's, I think that's to segue that I think it's transferring over into now what I'm kind of focused on, which is more so freelance video editing. Um, so that, okay. that's kind of what I've been doing the last couple of months to try and stay afloat. And it's been good, man. I can't lie. I can't lie to you. I can't say it's been hard. Like it's, it's been, I mean, that's you good. know, a lot of those, 
a lot of those clients that I had built relationships with, you know, they were eager to come back and, and um, have me back and, and, and continue doing work for them. And, um, and I got an office this week, like a little co working space. Okay. So working out of there now and um, some big yeah, boy it's shit. Been, it's, it's been good, man. Yeah, I feel like I'm finally finding this balance that I've been looking for in my life, you know, like um, going back to the gym. I know you love the gym. Ooh, love it. <laughs> well, mine's not even open yeah. yet, dude. It sucks. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah, dude. I, I'm like, I'm pretty, you know, I'm very cautious. I'm, I'm, I still take the proper precautions. And when I'm at the gym or even at this office space, I like have this hand sanitizer bottle. I, I bring it everywhere with me. It's like a spray bottle and I mm -hmm. just spray everything down <laughs> and then I hand. I hand sanitize my hands after like everything, my phone, my devices, and you know, it's tough, but, um, but it's also like, it's kind of cool. Cause it's like, you know, everything's clean and you know, everything's like really, kind of, I don't know, you know, I, I'm, I I'm pretty it. hygienic as it is. So this is actually kind of a benefit for me. The, the fact that I'm even more incentivized to yeah. keep my workstation <laughs> and, and other things clean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of where I've where I've been the last couple of months, and that's how I've been dealing with this whole pandemic thing. To give you sure. some yeah. insight, and uh, so going off of what you're saying about doing a lot of freelance editing and whatnot, I know. Yeah. Oh, geez, the how long ago was it when we you edited one of the videos for Tyler that I filmed, like oh, running yeah, gun? That, that was like um, two, three top years of twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. And then I recently yeah. just saw that you did the editing for his landslide landslide cover. Yeah. Right? Dude. Yeah, that was fun. We we got that it done in like sick. a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well I wanted to ask, like, were you using your own LUTs for that or did you kinda like pre make or not pre make, but like kinda while you're editing just tweaking things randomly or because I know you had those LUTs that you, you have and you, you sell. I was curious yeah. if you just kinda took one or a couple and just plopped them in. Tweaked, uh, or is that like curated like specific for tyler yeah that video good question good question um dude yeah I and mean, it just depends on the project really like um i was experimenting with a lot of different styles um it's actually excuse me it's actually funny that you brought up this color grading thing because i'm actually deep into it right now like all day today i've been color grading in davinci and then um, oh, okay. i got this so. other music video i'm working on and, and it's all going to be like colored in, in davinci and stuff but um but yeah man um i use this um ah, let me look up the name it's like iwtbap yeah iwltbap it's this um guy who sells these incredible LUTs um, and the pack that I used was this psychedelic psychedelia psychedelia LUTs pack. Um, okay. It's like a like a pack of like I don't know something like thirty LUTs and they're really cool because it shifts the the color spectrums into completely different worlds like things that are I mean as implied in the name they're kind of psychedelic looking yeah. and so um, I dragged one of those in there and uh, messed around with the um, with the luma and the gamma and, and the gain to try and adjust. Uh, the exposure on each of the clips and um yeah i don't know i've you know I've, I've always been a fan of lutz but i think a lot of people don't know how to use them which is a shame yeah. um they are very much like lightroom pre presets in the sense that like you can't just uh drag them on your video or on your uh footage or photos and and expect something good to come out of it because you know every every piece of footage is is different you know oh, of course yeah um and so it. Exactly. So I find that in this process of using LUTs over the last couple of years um, to try and define my style, I think um, 
the important thing is, is like the lighting, make sure, making sure the lighting in the footage is good. So making sure the footage that you capture is good too, mm-hmm. um, first and foremost. And then second of all, um, sometimes like your footage, like you'll be working with like 8-bit uh, footage. I don't know if you're familiar with, I don't even really know what that means to be honest with you. I'm not going to pr- sit here and pretend like I do. <laughs> but, <laughs> Vaguely, but, um, very vague. I couldn't explain it to you, but like very vaguely i'd probably have to google it anyways but yeah all i know is that 10 bit is better and like raw video is better but you know we're shooting on these the pixels and how much color uh depth and the amount of pixels per whatever you know (laughs) wow we sound like we sound we are boring people people are are professional click off this podcast right now (laughs) (laughs) with all this shop talk. Um, but, um, but yeah, I guess my point is like, um, um, I take the proper, um, measures to try and get the most, um, leverage out of the LUTs. And, and I find that, um, I find that like, it's easy to do on any footage so long as you know how to use them correctly. And, and then I really recommend like denoising your footage, um, adding a bit of grain to add that noise I back love, into the footage. Yeah, I love putting in post grain for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's and not crazy. only is it like a, I love grain, dude. I, I love that you love grain too because like grain is, is such so cool because you can, you know, when you denoise footage, you're actually like, you're getting rid of a lot of pixels. And, and so your footage ends up looking a little plasticky. So when yeah, you add you, the grain back, it just gives it more sharpness and more texture. Yeah, I was gonna say when you denoise it naturally, I mean, I, I think I just use, I haven't purchased anything. I think I was gonna get like spend like 200 bucks on like Red Giant to get their denoiser. But like, for now, either I'll pull it into After Effects or, you know, obviously just in Premiere. And when you denoise yeah. it, it kind of naturally softens everything and like you were saying kind of that plasticky look so when you add that grain it kind of fills in and makes it look a little bit sharper especially if you like that old school like i don't even know like not vhs but you know that old uh, yeah like vintage style which by the way is popping i don't know yeah. how that just randomly came back but yeah yeah it came back a couple of years ago i think i think um i think because like a lot of um, a lot of like the big, um, like rappers, like, a lot of like the big, big music, big, uh, people in the music, uh, industry had a lot of music videos that had that aesthetic at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of these, like their directors, um, I can think of one, which is like the dual brother who did like the Travis Scott and like the weekend videos. Um, oh, okay. and, um, he, he didn't do, they didn't do sicko mode, but they did, um, they did like Goosebumps, which is like a legendary video to me. Um, and they they use a lot of those aesthetics in, within their 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 videos. And I think like I think I feel like they really just inspired a lot of people. They definitely inspired me to start using more mixed media in, in my projects and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of my clients have liked that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting. But interesting. and then, yeah, going off the LUTs, I mean, because I'm. Yeah. <sighs> I'm eventually, you know, trying to figure out, I mean, my style is so just, it's, I do use some LUTs. I use from a uh, Tropic Color just because it's easy. And, yep. You know, I just, you know, obviously tweak them, but my style is a little bit different. I'll color grade, but mine, I just have, have so many damn overlays and shit. So it's hard to figure out, you know, trying to make my own LUTs. But what did you, I'm curious, how did you get those to, I mean, one where you wanted to make sure people, there was, you know, providing cool shit but also like the process of making them and like having those available. I've vaguely read online on how to do it, but like just curious yeah. on what you did just in case who, who knows people can 
make their own or they should just probably just buy yours to be honest but <laughs> well actually right now i'm not like my web store is currently um under construction so it hasn't been like okay. You haven't been able to purchase any of my presets or LUTs for the last like two months, um, but it's going to come back. Uh, JarColorLabs.com is going to come back like real soon, as soon as I um, kind of finish the administrative stuff, um, which takes a long time. And right. but um, but to give you some context on how I actually made them, and and um, there's like two different ways, two different routes you can go. Uh, the first one is this actually this guy. Um, I W L T B A P all caps, no spaces. Okay. Uh, this guy, he actually, um, on his website, you can download a LUT generator for free. And so oh. the, the way it okay. works, it gives you this file. Um, it's called a hold file, H A L D. You drag it into, uh, let's say Lightroom or Photoshop even, and then you tweak, uh, the luminance values, the hue and saturation. Um, and then you export that hull, no grain or texture or clarity or anything like that, because that'll really mess with the with the with the file. Okay. Um, and then you you input this hold this exported hold file into the LUT generator. It generates a LUT for you, and then you have a LUT from a preset, which is a very convenient way of doing it. And and it's actually a, a way that oh. I I use it quite frequently. Um, uh, but that is not how I made my LUTs. Um, I actually made them in, in DaVinci. And DaVinci is okay. pretty easy. I mean, all you got to do is uh, drag in, uh, like, I would recommend dragging in, like, five to ten clips that have different, like, very diverse looks and lighting and stuff just so mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. make make something that can be very flexible. Um, and then you just start tweaking away, honestly. I mean, there's plenty of tutorials out there um, on how to use DaVinci. Um, and... Yeah, and then you just right click on the clip, and then you it says generate that, LUT, and then you can just generate okay. a LUT from it. So it's shit. Huh. It's simple, very, um, very simple. <laughs> yeah, it's very very simple. Do you? Oh so, shoot. Uh, what's up? Sorry, someone's calling me. So unprofessional of me. You're good. Oh, I, I'm, oh, okay. I'm, oh, okay. I'm I'm right here with you. <laughs> um, I've never used DaVinci, and I've. I mean, I've heard great things. I got, I got to ask, I mean, if you don't already have it, do you plan on getting that sweet looking board? Uh, dude. Yeah. yeah it looks insane. awesome. Expensive. But I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm super, um, how would I say I'm super selective with my investments because Fair enough. I, I like, I try and I try and be very minimal with like the, the gear that I do buy because for one, um, well, now I have the space for it, which is great. You know, now I have yeah. this office, but, but for one, I'm always traveling. And so, you know, oh, it doesn't really make, yeah. sense. That makes sense. It didn't really make sense for me, like at the time, uh, maybe now it does, but like at the time for me to like buy all these cool gadgets, if I can't travel with them, you know, or if it just yeah. weighs me down. Um, but actually recently I got the Logitech, um, Oh, dude, we are so nerdy. I'm so sorry. Oh, dude. But I, I love talking about this. I'm, no, dude. Hey, we're talking about whatever uh, the hell we want, man. I don't. If they don't want, if I they want to tune out, then fuck them. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. The same for you. <laughs> I got the Logitech, um, the keyboard craft, which ha which has a little dial oh. that you can um, you can program to like different different programs and 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 use it to like tweak exposure use it to tweak uh contrast and stuff like uh very fast um you can use it to scrub uh on a timeline in premiere so it makes things very quick oh that, that's crucial for sure Hell yeah. yeah it's awesome and then i got this uh logitech um mx master 
2s uh, mouse which doesn't need a a doesn't need like a like a soft pad to use it and it's got like so many programmable buttons on it oh, and, and cool. i just like i just route it to like different parts of the software so i can use it into it intuitively but um, I would highly recommend those two pieces of gear, by the way, I'll like those, those have actually, they've sped up my, my workflow like immensely the last couple of weeks. Interesting. What's, uh, what's yeah. next for you on your like uh, gear list that you're like upgrades or add-ons or, or yeah. whatnot, like as far as like shooting wise, cause I know you, you have, you have the 6,400. What do you have? I forget. We talked on at that bear tooth yeah. tour that we were on, I but I forget. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have the Sony A6300. Okay, um, same as me. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, I had the A6500 for a while, but I broke it because I used it too much. <laughs> Could be worse problems. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, no, but I think I'm actually really considering the Sony A6600, which has like a, a flip out screen and image stabilization and a bigger battery. And it's basically the A6300, but just all the problems that I have with it are gone. Okay. So that's like, um, that's like, I think that'll be a really wise investment. And, um, but I just, I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't been shooting anything. So literally, like next time I have an actual literal shoot, I'll probably buy it. <laughs> yeah. What's, I, yeah. I mean, for me, getting the A6300 was, I mean, I, I did my research and stuff like that, and it, it's a it's a great yeah. camera, obviously. I mean, you see your work, and, you know, I would imagine some people would be surprised to see that you're using such a, you know, small, compact camera. You know, it's, it's a powerhouse. Oh, thanks, dude. But um, as far as, like, for me, I was, like, drawn to it in another sense of, I mean you know, the, the wallet didn't hurt that bad when I bought it, you know, it's, it's a yes, pretty yes. affordable camera, but like for you, I mean, was it the same thing that drew you to it? Like how, like, you know, you said you're going to go to the, the A60, the 60s or 600, 60, yeah, A6600. Whatever, I'm all mixed up. Is that just kind of like it. brand loyalty or like what kind of drew you to kind of continuing with that line of cameras? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, honestly, it's just about the features. Like I, I've never really been kind of a, uh, oh, this is my team. Like this is, I'm yeah. team Canon, you know, like oh, I'm <laughs> I've never really all been day like that. For photos. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Canon's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, all those brands have their different, different features and different things, but I think it always comes down to asking yourself what it is you, you are intending to shoot. And so for me, the, the Sony cameras are really good at handling low light and then the a6 like the alpha series, like the A6600, mm -hmm. 6300, the crop bodies essentially, uh, um, crop bodies especially um, are very quick. Like they shoot like 11 frames per second yeah, for stills, oh yeah. which is like really convenient and like really cool because you can actually like experiment with it and like do like some cool creative stuff with it, like some loops and, and, oh, and yeah. like little. I've made some gifts for sure. Just like yeah. stop motion, like it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. You just you just hold down the shutter button, and, and then you got like exactly, dude. What every time I, I give my, I usually usually have it on like the highest setting, and when I ask somebody to take a photo of me, or yeah. like when somebody wants to use my camera, they they hold it down, and they're like, oh my gosh, like this came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, so, so that that's uh that that was sort of like my okay. my point. Like, that makes um, sense though. I I just look at the I just. I know what I intend to shoot, and so I end up just 
negotiating with myself like okay like well what are some of the trade-offs that i'm willing to sacrifice here and so for me like i don't really need full frame i I get what i want and i usually shoot like wide um wide open like just like f4 usually or like f8 or something yeah like what so okay um or closed i don't know i don't know the terminology but yeah um, whatever it is yeah i feel you so yeah i don't really need the full frame Uh, although it is nice to have you know oh yeah i definitely i mean I have the the Canon 6D Mark II, and for photos, it's, I mean, I can't go back to a crop sensor. For photos, I have to have my full frame, just something about it. But for the video aspect, I mean, obviously, like, once you start jumping into those full frame models, uh, it starts to get pretty pricey. But the crop sensor, it's pretty pretty incredible. And they have the, was it Super 35? Super 35 or something like that. I don't know. This... Yeah, we're, we're nerdy, but at the same time, we don't know shit. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> going off because of, I mentioned Beartooth, and there was something I can't remember if you told me or who told. I don't know who told me if this is even real. Yeah. I because one thing I was kind of thinking about was, uh, I'm sure both of us have had our, our share of uh, mess ups. But I heard, did uh-huh. you uh, have a little whoopsie daisy on stage once with Beartooth on that oh, uh, disease dude, yeah, tour? That was- the greatest day of my life um i flew in uh <laughs> to i flew into nashville Nash- to okay, start yeah, that's what it was yeah i flew into nashville to start the the tour with them it was like my very first tour with them this was like may of last year yeah um and i had met everybody like i was like kind of vibing with everybody i was like okay this is actually gonna be really cool like i'm excited to start this tour uh, these guys seem pretty great to work with like i'm excited to continue this uh forward and then like um uh, you know i was shooting the show and I was like walking behind Connor, uh, who's their drummer. Um, and, you know, Beartooth really, really loves to roll with like massive lighting setups. Yeah. And so with that comes a, like a lot of like um, very fragile cables, um, like uh, like backstage and stuff. And and um, yeah, I wasn't careful. And I ended up tripping over one of the cables and I disconnected all oh, the lights. Fuck. And in that moment, I ran over to um, I ran over to uh Patrick and uh, who's their guitar? Who was their guitar tech at the time? And I let him know he wanted to go fix it. Um, and then Birchall, who does LD, but he also TMs. He yeah. like w- came down from front of house and like came on stage and like was running around and <laughs> and like they have their their roadies have like this, which I, I guess I'm a roadie as well. Have their things um, have this thing this tradition where like um, uh. So there's this thing called Roadie Friday for people that uh, don't know. It's yeah. it's like the it's like the, the Roadie Friday is like when you have a day off the next day mm-hmm. and you don't have a show. And so it doesn't matter what day of the week it falls under. Um, it, it would just be it would be considered a Roadie Friday if you have a day off. So for their Roadie Fridays, they would always wear Hawaiian shirts or, or really like colorful yeah. uh, pattern shirts. So it was like really hilarious watching Patrick and Birchall like yelling at each other in their Hawaiian shirts on stage and then Birchall running across the stage like as fast as like like as fast as I've ever seen him anybody run uh, to try and fix the lights. So I'm over here like on the side and I'm like shitting bricks. I'm like, this is it, man. Like, you know, like I just got here and man. I'm flying home tonight. Exactly. Um, and then like immediately I texted Birchall and I was like, hey, man, um, just to let you know. I remember what I said exactly, but I essentially ended up taking full like accountability for it. And I, I told him, I was like, Hey man, like this was me. This was my mess up. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like your mess up. I know you're like the LD. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to 
you know, uh, face whatever consequences come with this. Um, and then actually, you know, during the show, when the lights did go off, um, I guess the guys were like, you know, the band was like really tired at that point. They were, they were kind of, um, you know, halfway, more than halfway through the tour. I came in kind of late cause I was touring with another band. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I guess if this was kind of like a, like a, you know, all shows are great, but there are some shows on tour where you're just like, um, I guess for the band more so from what I've heard, it's like, you're, you're less looking forward to it. Cause you're really exhausted. Yeah, you're really tired. Out. Um, you're burnt out. Especially and, those guys, um, they go hard, man. Yeah, they do, man. They tour more than anybody I know. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so I guess this thing, this like mess up that I did, um, ended up like inspiring Caleb, the singer to, uh, tell everybody to put their phone lights out and they had like this kind of beautiful moment where they were like singing with the crowd and everybody's phones lights were were were, uh were on and everybody was like laughing on stage so it ended up like sparking like this kind of like beautiful moment and i ended up getting some pictures that i wouldn't have otherwise gotten because of those little phone lights which are always like fun to shoot you did that on purpose dude for sure you're like man so what i'm (laughs) (laughs) and so what i'm trying to say is that i'm a visionary and i actually thought about this whole thing before (laughs) i mean you had a long flight dude you had a lot to think uh, about dude exactly i was like how can i really impress these guys on the first day ah i got it <laughs> i think i think it went a long way though that you uh you know fessed up and you're like hey like all me like i mean oh, dude, i, I think the I would... only it's the only way yeah. it's the only way to go about it i mean but in in that moment you're like oh shit like so many emotions going on stomach probably like dropped down to your ass and like Oh, here oh dude, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and uh, the guys laughed about it backstage, and they were like, "You're, you're part of the team now." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> they loved it. Um, and then T- I saw Tino uh, of Mice and Men, Tino, and he was like, "Yeah, I heard what happened." And I was like, "Yeah, good first day, man." <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was Tino that told me. I would imagine him coming back to the bus, like, "Yo, dude." Yeah. Hey, you wouldn't believe this like <laughs> yeah 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 dude no it was it was um it was it was definitely terrifying but in the end um you know i learned a lot of lessons i learned to be you know even more careful than i i thought i was already pretty careful but i guess um i wasn't that careful that day and i got, I got a little i tripped up a little bit and uh, but it also taught me the importance of taking account- accountability for your mistakes and you know what not not um lingering in that negative state and just being like, you know what, you know, things happen for a reason. And now I, now I know I'll learn to be more careful. And that's the way I kind of approached that situation. And that ended up working out. And you know what, man, like props to Beartooth and props to their team for being very, um, understanding of the situation. They still, they still give me a lot of shit for it. Of course, Um, you'll never live it down. Yeah. Oh, remember that one time jar, you know, like, um, here all the time. (laughs) And I love it. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, man, I deserve it. Please grow me as much as you can. I'm just glad you didn't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll take, I'll take these, if these are the consequences I'm facing, then I can, I can do that. You know, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. But that's, uh, that's the story. And I appreciate you greatly for bringing this up and make, and, and essentially burning my reputation to the, to the ground. Danny, I appreciate that. That's what I'm here for, dude. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, let's, yeah. You know, I just got to bring things up. <laughs> Uh, dude. Okay. Back on that topic. Have you ever done anything like that? Oh, dude. Let's, oh man. <laughs> I'm sure as, early on. As far as like what you did, <laughs> not, 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 <laughs> oh man. 
You can't the beat one, that, dude. The one thing that kind of comes to my mind, and it's only, I didn't do anything to, like, the band or anyone, but yeah. listening, or not listening, thinking back, it was, like, a great idea to, like, stage dive with my camera. And uh -huh. this was, oh, uh -huh. geez, like, this, I'd say it was in, like, the first couple years, I would say, of me touring. Yeah. And uh, there's a venue in Pittsburgh. It's like a church. I forget what it's called. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Smalls? No? Mm. It's Mr. Smalls or something no. like that? Is that it? I don't think so. I, I don't know. know. Some church, stained glass, blah, 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 blah. Um, okay. And I've done it before a couple times, like stage dive to kind of get that cool, like very, you know, something you do with a GoPro or should do with GoPro, that very like action shot. But I had my full-on camera, like. I, I, oh no! And, Where's this going? Well, it's, it's not really a good story at all. But nothing broke. But maybe my ass broke. But basically, I stage dived yeah. with my camera and like was running towards the crowd, jumped off the the riser, and kind of like mid-air spin around so that I land on my back, right? And yeah. like, I I don't know, man. Like the hole opened up, and like they just did not try very hard to catch me, and like. I didn't full Whoa. on like plant myself into the ground, but like uh -huh. maybe like some fingertips on the way down, but I just slammed hard into the ground and like then the oh, whole then the dude. hole closed back up. It was like they opened it up for me and then closed it. So I'm like on my ground <laughs> like on the I'm on my ground. I'm on my back, like reverse like yeah. army crawling, trying to get to like an open space with like camera and like it's I'm like I'm not claustrophobic by any means, but like when people are sweating and like dancing and jumping around and you have your camera, you're on her back and like trying to move around. I'm like starting to sweat and like not like, yeah. not like super panic, but I'm like in my, I guess kind of panic. I was like, Oh, this is it. Like I'm so going to get like a broken nose or like a broken finger or something like this. But luckily I yeah, made it out. Gonna, but yeah. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's a bad situation to be in for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was not fun. Yeah. But I, I mean, I was like, for sure, like, not old enough to drink yet and, like, hammered and decided, oh. just, you know, that's what being, like, 18, 19, 20 on tour is. You're underage and you're like, fuck, yeah, I can jump, I'll jump, let's go. It's yeah. nothing crazy. I mean, I was trying to, because when I wrote some of these, like, notes down to make sure I asked, I was, like, trying to think of anything. And I can't really remember because I think I was just always, you know, like, very aware of like the surroundings but also just like having that thought in the back of my head i'm like oh fuck okay if i step on that like i'm freaking canned but there's yeah. there's been some close calls you know like those uh yeah. i don't know what they're called if anyone's uh, an ld they're probably like gonna call me out on it but the big movers they're freaking heavy um, you know i've like yeah bumped into a couple and like one time maybe it like moved off like an inch or so which from the front of the house, it, you know, changes the whole perspective. But as far as, like, turning the entire lights off, mm, you got the cake on that one, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Of course. I well, want to maybe I get, uh, someone before, just one second. Uh, if anyone's yeah, listening good. and they tour, make sure to hit up, uh, like, on Twitter or something, the both of us, if you have some story of you uh, royally fucking up on stage. Or even yeah. front of house or something, <laughs> you know, like, knocking some snake or i don't i don't fucking know but what were you gonna say sorry oh uh, dude i was just i was just gonna say that you in that moment you hit rock bottom both 
literally and figuratively. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't stage dive uh, anymore. Um, dude, but, yeah, that's my experience every single time I do it. Oh, yeah. And I think it's just because I'm a big guy. Um, I'm pretty long as it is, so it's not like, and I'm always wearing like boots or like shoes that are very difficult to. They're just not very soft, and so it's uh, never a good time uh, for oh, anybody yeah. at uh, all to come. Gra- like, you know, <laughs> hold me up, so everybody just dips the moment oh, they yeah. see me jump into the crowd. It's like some yeah. mob mob shit, putting like the cement brick and throwing you off the bridge and just sink into the water. But you'll just be in a crowd yeah. of people and just get stuck. Down here. I have yeah. I have ran around in like a the, like the circle pit before, like. When, you know, oh, they, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, they just run around in circles and whatever they want to call that. I don't know. Not when they're, like, destroying faces, but, like, when they're just running <laughs> fast in circles, I'll I'll go in for a lap or two. It's pretty fun. Yeah, dude. I, I came out of Mosh Retirement um, <laughs> last year. I went to go see... Um, I went to go see Block Party. They were playing their Sun Alarm. Are you familiar with Block Party? Yeah, I like yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I love them. Um, but I went to go see them. They were playing their first record, uh, si- Silent Alarm, and uh, oh, front yeah. to back. And it's like one of my favorite records by them. And so um, I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna have a beer and I'm gonna watch from the back, cross my arms, and be that guy. Like <laughs> just because I really love this record. And I'm also like much older now. Well, I'm 22, but much older than I was when I started listening to them. So I was, I was like, you know, I'm too old to like kind of jump in the crowd and stuff and guess what i ended up doing i ended up jumping in the crowd I, you know the first song came on and i knew all the words and the rest followed and i knew all of those too and i screamed my heart out and it was cool because there was a lot of like older people in the crowd because they're kind of you know they're an oldish band that have like yeah. Oh, yeah. um a fan base that that has stuck around with them for so long and so um and a lot of a lot of those people that were like much older than me 10 20 years older than me were also in the crowd too so i felt like really at home there and That's i was cool. like damn this is great i miss this so much you know <laughs> were you yeah. were you like a kind of the segue into something i wanted to ask and i'm sure you've been asked many times before on interviews interviews and, and whatnot but like were you uh like getting into what you're doing now with the touring and just in the music industry in, in general were you like a, a fan of going to shows and stuff before becoming oh yeah 100 percent, dude Music is at the core of my of everything that I do, I think. Okay. And I've actually thought about this a lot. Like, uh, I think it's important to kind of pinpoint the the your foundations mm-hmm. um, because your foundations and the things that compel you seem to kind of tend to kind of drive you where you go in life. Right. And so for you, for example, you know, you're working at a photo um, at, a, at a photo printing place or, or did I get that right? Is it a photo printing place? Yeah, it's yeah, a photo lab. They do prints and all that. <laughs> other fun a shit. photoshop uh there is I, there is a department where they do like color correction and stuff i might have to ask for one of those jobs because there you I, go man, i gotta sit down but no yeah con- continue yeah but yeah man like it, it seems like uh at your foundation you're kind of you're a visual guy and so you you wanted to pursue something that was um in 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 its nature um something related to uh, you know something that's that's foundational to you and and to me music was always foundational like i i am the kind of guy that like is always wearing like a pair of headphones and i'm always either listening to um um music or or i'm listening to a podcast but mostly i'm mostly listening to music um and when i'm working if i'm doing something that doesn't require me to listen to what i'm working on you know i'll be blasting some music um 
and 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 yeah man i've always been like a huge music fan for for the longest and a lot of my friendships and relationships and like my best memories have been built on the foundation of music and so i think naturally it 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 sort of became this um it sort of became naturally that's why i guess i kind of took that path you know i i knew a lot of um i went to a lot of shows a lot of small shows a lot of big shows a lot of like backyard gigs and i met a lot of friends there and they ended up touring in their own bands and they brought me on tour and yeah that's that's kind of how it turned out to be and even nowadays you know like i do i am like shifting a bit of my role into more of a video editor Mm -hmm. but everything is like I, I try to check with myself to make sure that anything or everything that I take on is, has something related to music. Like I can't, you know, like a lot of people tell me, um, or they might even tell you, I think a lot of people when they think, when they know that you're a filmmaker or a photographer or an editor or anything visual, they think, they assume that you want to pursue a, a role as a movie director or like a, like a, somewhere in the film industry. Yeah. Um, but to me, you know, it's like it's like I would always kind of agree with that. I would, I would always loosely have this idea when I was a lot younger, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, maybe one day I'll work in the film industry. But now it's like, you know, people tell me that and it's like, oh, you know, I can't wait till you're a, a big time director in the film industry or whatever. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if I really want to do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think I started doing this because I really like music and, and I find that um, I find that it's easier for me to get into a flow or like a sense of um, concentration when I'm working on something that I deem to be valuable to me based on my own value structure. And so okay. to me, music is something that I find extremely valuable and, and I find um, that it's helped me a lot through my life. And so when I'm working on a project um, that like whether it's a music video or, 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 or assets for like an artist or anything, I know that I'm... I'm in some sort of way a part of something that is going to impact somebody out there um, who also loves music as much as I do. So that's sort of my way of of um, kind of finding purpose through what I do. And, and music it's, has always been at its core. So to answer your question, yes. Yes. <laughs> Love music. Always gone to shows. <laughs> <laughs> and then so going what you're saying, you know, like people asking you being like a big time movie producer or director or whatever. I mean, what I mean five ten years 20 years like do you have kind of like this you know number one goal check mark thing that is like that not the end all be all but like that final destination of like what you're trying to achieve i mean i'm sure it's always changing but like i mean i i personally can't even answer that because it's always changing and you know today i would love to be like working somehow with like horror crazy ass movies like that but the next day it yeah. might be something completely different, like doing design stuff for, you know, live shows, LED walls and stuff. You know, it's always changing. But like, do you have something yeah. that's kind of like, you know, always striving for, like whether that maybe is one day being somewhat involved in big production movies or music videos? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question, man. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot about what I want out of my life. And so... Um, I think, you know, for the longest time, I always pushed every single, um, a lot of aspects of my life away for work. Um, whether it was like my relationships or, um, family or, uh, my health, um, or all these other sorts of things that are ultimately, or spirituality even, you know, like all these sorts of things that, that should 
be integrated in your life in some way. It can't just be all about work. Um, but I always had this mentality and I was very stubborn about it um, early on. And I think, you know, I'm grateful for that because it did, it did teach me a lot about work ethic and it did teach me a lot about, um, and I did learn a lot through those, those rigorous nights of, of working and um, the sleepless days of just um, focused on like being productive or like doing, doing stuff that will uh, inevitably advance my career in some sort of mm -hmm. way. But now, you know, now that, um, now that I've been home for some time and, and this, I always find this to be very interesting. Every time I'm home for more than like a month, um, which has been sparse over the last like four years. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Ooh, rare. I always, yeah, I always find that like I lose myself, um, I lose a lot of myself when I'm on tour um, because I'm 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 really kind of once like I said I'm one sided like I'm always focused on work or something. Yeah. So now that I'm home, I, I find oh dude, I feel so much more happier. Like I feel um, I have time. I, I feel motivated to go to the gym. Like I feel motivated to eat healthier. I feel motivated to like call my friends and, and check up check up on them and like ask them how they're doing. I feel excited. I felt so excited to do this podcast right now. Like um, and and also all of this is adding more fuel to my my system overall to be even more productive, to be even more prolific in in, in my career and my work. And so, you know, to answer your question, I don't have a singular kind of uh, goal when it comes to my work, but mm -hmm. what I do want to achieve more of is, is an utter balance between all the different components of my life that I deem to be valuable. For example, um, you know, my health, like I want to, uh, I want to be way healthier. I want to have better friendships and relationships. Um, I would like to get married someday and I would like to have that be a part of my life as well. Yeah. Um, I know that's a long ways from now, but that's something that should be considered. Um, and I also want to have, um, I like being my own boss. I, I find it like, um, I find it's easier, easiest oh, for me to yeah, kind of, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, get it, get it. I find it's easiest for me to, I find like my temperament and like my personality is, is, as uh, fit for, kind of the freelance lifestyle. So I would like to continue freelancing. And um, as far as like thinking about like where my career could go, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've actually been toying around with the idea of like potentially, uh, you know, like a lot of us, you know, a lot of us content creators, we're sort of, we're not specialists, we're generalists, like we're visual oh, generalists. Okay. And so like, you know, you, you have, you have incredible graphic design skills, but you also have incredible video skills and you're a great photographer and you're a good hang. So it's like, you're kind of a general, you generalize on all these different things. For me, I find that the only role in which where this can yield um, best, most successful results in as far as like, uh, as far as like financially and in purpose and not being overworked and overburned is the role of like a creative director, like in an, in, in a, in a record label or, or working with artists and being a creative director there and kind of establishing a brand mm -hmm. for them and, and being the kind of person that kind of picks the people to, um, assemble, uh, the overall vision that artists is, is trying to, um, communicate. And so I find that role extremely attractive. And I think that's where I would like to go someday. And I would I wouldn't mind rolling up my sleeves and getting my hands dirty as well in, in terms of like doing some of the work as well. But um, but I find like as a generalist, 
you seem to develop a lot of taste in a lot of these these different visual mediums and different areas. And so what can you do with that? You know, what can you do with that skill? It's like, well, you can start to become the person that actually directs people and decides who is going to take what role in 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 an overall bigger com complex project. And so um, I would love to do that as far as my career goes and then everything else i would love it to also be a part of my life and and fully integrated in that sense and so i would highly recommend people think like that too you know i think the hustle uh mentality is like super uh for lack of a better word it's kind of toxic and it's not very um it's not very sustainable and you actually burn out like a lot and and you become very miserable and unhappy because you don't have time for those things that kind of oh, yeah. uh, re-energize you like having conversations and getting lots of rest and, and stuff like that. And so, oh, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, like having so. that balance of, you know, obviously being on the road, like you were just saying, it's very hard to, you know, find that balance of, you know, have, being able to, you know, there is time in the day to call up a friend, but at the same time, you're like, damn, okay. Do I really want to call a friend right now? Like I could go relax and do nothing. Like, so I think, yes, I, that was <laughs> my last tour was like, see october i think i got home like october 27th and i uh that i decided to kind of step back a little bit and just that's why i work at the photo lab now just to yeah you know pay the bills and whatnot um I, I, totally. I, I'm still doing you know photo video stuff and whatnot and obviously the podcast on the that's my the podcast is probably my main thing right now that's my i mean everything else is kind of oh dude, taking a back I seat it. but yeah thank you yeah i i, I listened to uh the one with brandon uh Brandon's his name. He's a he's a content creator as well. You guys talked about um, Black Lives Matter. Oh and, yeah, um, uh, Brian Brian Delumpa. Brian, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, Bra no, sorry, no, Brian. Brandon. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna kick your ass, dude. No, yeah, yeah. that was that was. Um, yeah. I mean, like Great episode. Thank you. And going off of, you know, I'll there. I will say something about that. But I just want to segue. It's like you know, if I was on tour, yeah. I mean, I, one, I wouldn't have the time to do a podcast. But like something that I've loved so much about stepping back from tour is, I mean, yes, I've found out that having the, I mean, I don't work nine to five, but for the sake of, you know, calling it a job, you know, having that nine yeah. to five, it's definitely, I can definitely see that that's not for me, but I'm still doing it yeah. as well. Money, bills, but of course. having yeah. that life, you know, it's like, you know, ha kind of have that, you know, take a step back and see what's best for me personally, not necessarily for my career, that'll all sort yeah. itself out whether you know like it'll sort exactly. itself out in the the respects that if it's for me it, it'll continue and something will click and whatever but as far as like my own you know happiness and mental health I was like I gotta step back like I, I you know like you were saying I mean you said you're 22 right yeah so I'm 28 I'm getting a little bit closer to you know like Hey, I gotta, you know, think about, you know, settling down. You know, of course I would like to have, you know, get married one day and kids and yeah. I'm I think I'm a little closer to that than you, but who knows? I mean, I have friends that your age have already got like three kids. But oh dude. You know, yeah. stepping they're, back they're, and they're, taking it <laughs> taking it all in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. But, and and it's it's worth it's worth thinking a lot about, man, because it's it I mean your life depends on it, you know? And yeah. I tell people all the time, it's like it's like, man, I just want to work all the time or you know, I have a lot of friends with the the hustle mentality and and I always tell them, man, like, dude, take a step back, you know, because you are gonna overwork yourself, you're gonna get depressed, 
and you're ultimately going to be less productive because you won't have the energy or the motivation to continue it. And oh, so yeah. um, that's super important, you know, like building positive momentum in all areas of your life uh, can start to easily start to uh, leak over into your work, you know, and vice versa. And so building those good habits is, is extremely important. And like I said, your life I know it sounds like an exaggeration, a bit no, hyperbolic, it but it, it really does depend on it. And like, uh, you know, even us talking, I mean, we've talked on that tour and maybe were you on that last warp tour? Uh, yes, I was, in the, okay. I was on the last two, two of them, okay. the, the last one. And then the last, last ones. Okay. Cause I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I know obviously we're on that bare tooth of mice tour. And then I think I maybe ran into you at that warp tour, but like, you know, uh-huh. going into the thing where, you know, I was feeling burnt out and recognized that I needed to take a step back. It's like, and then that gave me the time to even have the idea to have a podcast, which also brings me into, you know, talking yeah. to people like yourself who normally, like, I guarantee you, say if I didn't have this podcast, like, dude, and I'm not touring, I, dude, I could be like a couple years before, like, we, you know, face to face or, you know, exchange right. words and, and even, you know, like you mentioned, you listened to the episode with uh, my buddy, Brian DeLumpa. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's been in the Bay Area where I live, and, but now he lives in, in Texas. He was home, so I had him come over, and, and we talked. And, you know, there was some content creating, you know, talk in there, but mainly it was about all the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter. And I've never mm-hmm. had that conversation with anyone. I mean, obviously it was more, you know, I guess prevalent because of the times we're in right now, but having that chance you know if i was on tour that's not a phone call like i i'm not a big phone call person which is kind of funny that i'm you know we're on a phone call podcast right now but like (laughs) having that chance to fully you know sit with one of my best friends and yeah have this open conversation it's it's very nice and i think it's i mean going kind of segue or not segue like bridging the gap on touring it's like I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that I'm sure tuned into this because they want to know how they can get into it and, and stuff like that. And I'll ask you some, maybe some pointers on that, but I think something that they could sure. maybe take away and whether you agree or not, let me know, but like, you know, definitely be hungry and want to jump in, you know, head first into the touring world, but also, you know, you got to make sure you got time for yourself and whether that means skipping out on a, a tour here and there, it's like, you got to make sure that you don't, you know, burn both ends simultaneously and then screw yourself yeah. for the long run. So agreed. Long, super winded. I don't even remember the point of me speaking about that, but hopefully people no, no, are listening. No, you said you were talking, you said you were talking about, uh, okay. So you said, <laughs> thank you. you. Were yeah, about, please you, tell me. <laughs> You were talking with Brian and um, it felt good to set an intention to have this conversation and catch up with friends that you wouldn't have otherwise caught up with. Is oh, that yeah, yeah. what just, you were referring to? Yeah, just, okay, like going off of the kind of being, you know, burnt out and stuff like that, like having time for yeah. ourselves and, you know, making sure your personal life and your mental health and, and all that stuff and physical health, you know. Yeah, Make yeah, sure you got definitely, time for yourself. And, um, but going what I was just asking, like I'm sure there's people uh-huh. listening that want – to kind of know how to get into touring. I mean, I've been asked and I kind of want to know, like, I'm sure it's kind of all the the same, but, you know, I just kind of want to hear maybe what you have 
as an idea for people like wanting to be in the touring like world, whether it's photo, video, I'm sure it's all like cohesive in a way, but what do you, yeah. what do you think? Any tips? Uh, well, you know, right now is probably the worst time to well, yeah. try and, <laughs> and get into touring. <laughs> um, but like that, that shouldn't discourage people. I think touring isn't the end all be all. And you, before you want to pursue something like tour, touring, you have to, uh, you have to make sure you got a lot of things in check first. For example, um, do you have a good workflow? Can you turn things around overnight? Because um, this is the this is this is your competition. Like this is where other people other people are stepping in and 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 they're doing you know very much like yourself and and, and Amber and all these other talented people that are um, that are in the touring world. You know, it, there's a there's a sort of uh, demand for uh, Im- like immediacy. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. Um, and <laughs> there's a, oh, there's a, there's a sense of urgency when it comes to touring because you you're day in day out, and so and and you know you're, you're touring with a bunch of hardworking roadies who are like building the stages and tearing them down the same day. If you can't bust out a video the same day or like the day after or like get the photos in time, you know before midnight, um, then it's like then it just it you know it's not about if you it's not about oh you look bad it's about it's an intrinsic guilt because it's like you know you see all all of your friends all your your roadie friends they're work they're out there busting their ass off and if you can't um match that level of work ethic and and that you know that level of of output then um then you just start to have this intrinsic feeling of guilt um and so you have to first and foremost, you know, check with yourself and, and practice a lot and make sure that you can turn things around very quickly. Uh, and then second of all, you have to make sure that um, you are also aligned with um, knowing social cues and like having proper social skills because you will be living with a lot of people. And so things like, um, and you will be sharing small spaces with a lot of people. So things like, um, learning how to be assertive in situations where um, where things could end up escalating to a point of passive aggression, and so like those sorts of things can be easily easily handled and de-escalated with simple communication. Whether it's you being, "Hey man, um, you know, I had food in the fridge and somebody ate it. Like that wasn't cool. Um, I don't appreciate that. Yeah. Like next time, can can you guys check? You know. Uh, can you guys double check? And it's like, oh, okay. And and you know, some people might take that the wrong way, but then those are the people that have to check themselves because if you approach it, if you deliver it appropriately, and you approach it professionally, then it's not an issue. It's a non-issue. It's and you actually command respect in that sense. Um, and um, let's see what else. And you also have to ask yourself, can I? Um, am I willing to sacrifice? Um, you know, a large portion of my life, a large portion of my time to go do this. Um, will it be worth it in the end? Yeah. Sacrifice time with family. So, you know, you have to consider like, um, you know, are, are my folks, my folks getting old or, um, you know, are my, if you have younger siblings, which I, I did, I did, and I still do, um, you know, you have to consider like, I'm going to be missing a lot of their formative years and a lot of like special time with them that we could be using this time to like bond and like grow with each other and and um and i can help guide them when my parents are working or whatever you know like these sorts of things you have to consider all these things i'm a, I'm a much younger guy i guess and so um 
than, than a lot of people, I guess, in the touring industry. So these are the things that I've asked myself a lot. And, and, it, and it caused me a lot of pain, honestly, because I, I missed a lot of yeah. time with my fa- my family and like with my, with my younger siblings. And so there was a part of me that felt some sadness about that. But now that I've been back home for all this time, you know, I've been catching up and I've been, um, trying to influence them, my younger siblings to, um, to be the best that they can and to pursue what they're passionate about and, um, awesome. and to push them to be better, you know? And so, um, those things really matter to me right now and I hope, and they will continue to matter for uh, forever and, uh, touring kind of, you know, that's a sacrifice you have to make with touring. And so I will say though, you know, I'm not to sound like a Debbie Downer. I'm not, I'm just being, I'm just putting it straight because a lot real. of people romanticize yeah. it. Yeah. For, for real. Um, and so, um, I will say touring is, it's awesome, man. Like it's awesome in the sense that like, you know, you wake up in a new city every day and especially if you're traveling outside of the country, that's incredible. It's like, you know, you get to see like, you know, you're in Hamburg one day and then you're in France the other day and then you're in Italy the next day. And it's like, um, and then you're in Switzerland and it's like, it's such an awesome thing, man. And if you can do it well, you'll, you'll have those opportunities at your disposal at all times. And so, you know, a lot of people, you know, unfortunately nowadays have to, um, nowadays, but you know, forever, you yeah. know, have to work nine to fives in a, in a job that they don't like just to save up and pay for a one week vacation yeah. when you can get paid to go on a month, two month vacation all over Europe. Oh, yeah. And that being said though, you know, you're, you're not, it's not like you're going to go and like go like, you know, travel, um, get the full travel experience. But I mean, it beats, working a nine to five all year and then saving two thousand a measly two thousand dollars to go vacation in Spain for a week. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. So um so that is one of the benefits of course. And then um and 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 you gotta ask yourself like, well let's weigh this out. You know, like is that worth worth these sacrifices? And you know, to me, I guess like I, I've done a lot of touring now. Like I've done too many tours, and I, I've I've toured Europe like almost like seven times now. And so, to me, it's like it's like I'm I know these places, and so I feel like I can talk about it from a perspective of like um, I guess I'm talking about it from more of a biased perspective um, in the sense that like I've I feel um, like I've seen that already and I've experienced it already, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people haven't experienced that. So maybe maybe I'm at fault here for not considering considering other perspectives but um but i do want to be upfront about that and and make sure that people understand the sacrifices and the tools and skills that they need to be able to do that job effectively otherwise they won't get those experiences again and if they really really want to do that and they really think that those sacrifices are worth it you better make sure those things are are checked you know your social skills your emotional intelligence and your workflow of course yeah (laughs) yeah 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 so that's that's it actually i was gonna i was gonna say just before i forgot i uh as far as making sacrifices on going tour on tour you know of course birthdays and stuff like that but one that sticks out to me i've with my family i've only been to hawaii with them once and then they went and did a family trip and i decided to go on warp tour and i think it was warp tour whatever but yeah i missed out on a a family vacation to hawaii and i was like in the yeah. moment, in the moment, it was such an easy answer saying, oh, of for course. sure, I'm going to go on tour. But now looking back, I'm like, damn it. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't regret not, you know, you know, regret. Ugh, I can't even talk. Jeez. Regret taking the tour. <laughs> Great time. Yeah. You know, although I off the top of my head can't really remember anything of it. But, you know, thinking back, I'm like, damn, <laughs> like 
there could have been some some good bonding and, and family time yeah. in Hawaii and stuff like that. So just going off of your yeah. point of, you know, weighing, you know, the, mm-hmm. the options and making sure that it's, it's right for you. And, you know, who knows? Maybe just try it once. If you can land a tour, try it yeah. once and see if it's for you. And then maybe exactly. you can see if it's worth it and, and stuff like that. But um, kind of yeah. to close this out a little bit, I, I did I did get a couple questions from some people. Oh, sweet. Um, and I, I just wrote down their, their little at mentions. Um, okay. So let's okay. see here. And some of these, I, I already know the answers, but obviously they're asking. So the, uh, uh-huh. uh, at dream industries underscore asks, does, well, do you film alone, especially big shows? Um, it's a conversation that I would have with, uh, the artist or the client. So for example, um, this year in February slash March, uh, I was on tour with a, an American metal band called Beartooth, which we brought up a lot on mm-hmm. this podcast. Uh, they're incredible guys. And, uh, we did a tour in Europe and they are, they're doing really well. They've been on this like uphill curve, like the last couple of years. Um, and every time they come back to Europe, which is like, seems to be their biggest market. Um, what that means that they just play shows with bigger capacities and, and they sell more tickets. And so, um, they ended up selling out the whole tour and, um, two of the shows were like one show, which was an overhouse in Germany was around, you know, 4,500 cap. Uh, capacity and then the um the other one was around 2500 which is at the roundhouse in london and so um first day i i got on uh, on the tour um we landed in germany because that's where our rehearsal space was and um i went to go get coffee with ashi who's a bassist and caleb who's a singer and they brought up uh, potentially filming those shows and, and doing like a multi-cam setup thing. And so that was its own separate thing mm-hmm. um, outside of our verbal contract. And so I told them, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get a budget over with, with Red Bull and I'll see how much we can get. And then from there I can start hiring guys and, and, and stuff. And so it really just, that's one example. There's many, uh, there's plenty more examples where I've had other guys come out. Of course. There's been some instances where friends in, in Europe or, or in the States just really want to come and film the show. And so I'll give them a photo pass. And, and, and then after the show, they'll give me their memory card and they'll be like, Hey man, like, you know, I want you to edit this footage. Like I want you to put it wherever, um, whatever you're going to do with the footage that you shot tonight. I want you to mix both of these things together. Cool. And so I'm, ha- I'm happy to do that. Cause that's, that saves me the hassle of, of, um, stressing about like missing, particular angles and and, and and it's always cool to see how other people work and stuff so th- there's been some instances where i have i have people do that um not i have people do that but people come out and do that and, and they're very generous with their time and their their work and so um but it really just depends um it depends on whatever um whatever the client needs and wants and then from there i can tell i can tell them hey you know i can try and do this myself but it's not going to be good um and then but or or i can get a bit of extra help and delegate some of these things and this will be seamless and um, i'll handle all the logistical project management administrative things with the team and you guys just worry about performing uh, stress about performing so um that's kind of the way i go about it so um for the most part i would say 90 percent of the time it's just me shooting um and then for um bigger events uh i tend to have uh, other people come out and shoot sounds good and uh yeah. let's see here next person so uh on instagram at 
Orlando content creator. Um, you probably, I don't know. He's definitely one of the, the coolest dudes for sure. I think he's you know, obviously in Orlando. Uh, Mac Starnes. I'm sure you've. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good dude. Uh, he asks, let's see here. What are your inspirations for your motion graphics? Where you got it from? How? Um, I like, um, oh, I like the Wes Anderson, uh, his title cards, like his title card is aesthetic. And I actually stole that inspiration from one of the bands that I work for half alive. Cause they're also very into Wes Anderson. And so when I started working with them, they, they kind of, um, referenced a lot of Wes Anderson title cards. And, and, okay. um, I was actually, um, I was, it was actually so funny because like when I saw his design aesthetics, um, I, I realized that that's like really what I wanted and, and that's really what I was looking for, but I didn't know how to, you know, it's tough having a vision and then trying to translate it into actually doing it. Um, oh, yeah. and so seeing somebody else execute on that and doing it as well as Wes Anderson and his color palettes and color schemes. Um, I think, uh, I think that's where I got, got my inspiration, but as far as like the motion and like the gravity of it and like the physics of how I animate things, um, uh, to be honest, you know, it's just a feeling, I guess, you know, as, as, as it is with editing, you know, it's like you, you feel it out, you know, especially if you have like a bed of music, you can sort of start to get an idea, like a loose idea of how you want this, this, um, this graphic to dance with the footage. Mm -hmm. And so if it's like a super sad song, you're obviously not going to make the, the text bounce up and down when it yeah. lands or anything, <laughs> you're going to want to fade it in, um, or, or, or disintegrate it into little particles or something, something that matches the vibe of the music. And so, like I said, it's all about feeling. Um, and it's, and it's very intuitive in that sense. It's all about intuition in that sense. But um, as far as the aesthetics go, I, I really like um, Wes Anderson and just um, stuff on Instagram too. Like I, I, I follow a lot of uh, artists on Instagram, motion design artists and stuff. So I like I like to see what they do, and then I try and rip them off. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't try and rip them off, but but cool. um, but I do gather inspiration from everyone. Cool. Um, I only got so two more. I, I'm obviously appreciate your time. I don't want to keep you all day. No, dude, um, you're good. I love this. Uh, at, I hope I'm gonna try and say this at uh, exter meat cakes or something like that i don't know I, hopefully i'm saying it right oh, whatever that, that's my friend nikki yeah, yeah she was <laughs> she definitely said at the end i didn't write it down but the, the fact that you know she was gonna say tell him nikki says hi so that's cool um well now that you know hi, who she is now i my me butchering her at name doesn't matter um exterminate cakes yeah okay yeah there we go <laughs> uh she asked do you ever feel like you have mastered editing or shooting or do you still feel like you're learning still? Well, that's a good question. Sometimes like when I'm, um, when I really crush a project from start to finish, like I plan it out, I plan out the editing, I plan out every single step of the way, like, okay, first make selects, then proxy the footage, then, uh, you know, assemble it, do the first cut, get first cut approved. Like I usually write these things down in a, in a, in a project management tool I use called Trello. And then I use a checklist to check everything off. And I, and I do it based on deadlines, um, based on every single task. When I go about it that way, <laughs> and when I have the time to do it that way, I feel like, I feel like, oh, I'm a genius. I'm a master. <laughs> I've mastered this. Um, and then, you know, you get about halfway through the project and maybe the client has some revisions that conflict with your overall vision. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, if you don't have your ego in check, it can sort of hurt your feelings a little bit, you oh, know, yeah. um, or, um, 
or sometimes you're really on a crunch and you do not have time to plan things out and you just have to get right to it because they needed to like done today, you know? And so those are very stressful moments. And those are, those are the moments where I feel, you know, in one sense, I feel weak because it does give me that, that time crunch. And I feel kind of, I, I feel stressed out for sure. I feel pressure, but it also gives me strength because, um, I'm sort of going by, by it in, in, with the philosophy of better done than perfect. Um, and then when it is finished, I'm not so proud of, I'm not like extremely proud of the end result because I didn't take my time with it and I wasn't, um, a perfectionist about it as I usually would be, Mm -hmm. but I have that sense of, um, of, of accomplishment because I got it done on time. And so it goes both ways. You know, I, I never feel as far as editing goes, I know she asked about shooting as well and I'll get to that, but editing goes, I definitely, um, feel like, uh, I, I feel, I feel it both ways. Some days I feel like, I feel like I really got it down. And then other days, um, I feel like I really, I'm like, oh, I really don't know a lot. <laughs> um, but I, I would recommend everybody just kind of uh, take on, um, you know, I'm probably preaching a choir here and everybody probably knows this, but you know, to never stop learning. I think it's, it's for me every Sunday, um, I've been very intentional about this every Sunday. I block out a time in the day for three hours and I just watch a bunch of YouTube tutorials and catch up on, on all the new updates and features that premiere and DaVinci and after effects has to offer, um, Photoshop as well. And so, or or there's like a specific things within those like programs that I still do not comprehend to their fullest capacity. And so I'll, I'll, I'll deep dive every Sunday, um, and catch up on those things. Um, and then as far as shooting goes, dude, it sucks. Like, like sometimes (laughs) like, Sometimes like I show up on a shoot and I know exactly what to do. And then other times I really just wing it. Mm-hmm. And I oftentimes like when I know what to do, oftentimes like when I wing it is when I get like my, when I get the best stuff, like the stuff that I'm the most proud of, which is hilarious. But when I really plan things out on a shoot, things like there's always kind of something that goes wrong, like an opportunity for, um, for a, a mishap or, or, or something changes or, or whatever, you know? So it's always funny. Um, I, I, I don't really know. I don't really know. I don't really quite know how to answer that. Um, it just depends really depends on, on the day. And there's many other factors involved yeah. too. Like, you know, um, if I'm having like a shitty week, I'll probably, uh, I'll probably, I feel like as an emotional guy, I feel like that'll probably affect my, my, my work days as well. And so that's why I've been preaching about like the importance of balance and, and positive momentum and stuff, because all that is very important. So, right um, I hope that answers your question, I Nikki. I don't, I don't know if it did. I'm sure it did. I mean, uh, okay. So last one. Um, so this is by our, uh, a good pal, Aaron Berkshire. The, yes. The dude, the dude. Um, so <laughs> So one of them, you don't even have to answer. It's kind of funny. I think he was just dicking around. But uh, <laughs> he said, so how does it feel to have better hair than most females? And then how much time do you Whoa. spend in After Effects and Premiere? <laughs> Controversial. Woo! How much time do I spend in After Effects and Premiere? Um, uh, well, I'll measure it by, I'll quantify it by percentages. Okay. Uh, I would say 80% Premiere and then 20% After Effects. I'm usually in and out of After Effects for motion graphics or for like um, blemish removals or um, like more like fine tuning color grades or isolating backgrounds or something like that. So um, 
And then if I need like rotoscope work or things that really do take up time, I usually delegate it. I go on Fiverr or Upwork and hire people to do it for me. So um, I I try not to spend too much time on After Effects just because for those sorts of things, because like I said, I work pretty fast paced. And so I usually don't have a lot of time to uh, go in on After Effects, but I do love it and I do use it often, just not as long as I usually would uh, Premiere, I guess. So that's my answer. Right on. Well, dude. A uh, little over an hour and ten minutes. I uh, I definitely think we should maybe do this again. Hopefully, uh, yes. sometime we can. I'm I'm not doing video yet, but maybe sometime in the, uh-huh. in the future we can do either video or maybe in person sometime when this is all. Dude, when we can see people. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome, man. I got I got space here. Just uh, let cool. me know, and and you can come over, and and we can do it. We can do it like the pros do. Like the Joe Rogans of the world. Hell yeah, dude. Well, I just like to thank you for uh, you know taking time out of your day to to chat with oh, me. Oh, thank you, man. I, thank you for having me. Of course, man. I'm uh, I'm stoked to. Uh, I said last night I was I'm gonna put this out today just because. Well, yeah. Sometimes I just don't like to wait. I'm sure there'd be uh, you know scheduling a time to put these out like in the morning and all that. But uh, dude, <laughs> who gives a shit? People will listen I when love they it, want. Dude. So. I love it, man. I love when you said that. I was like, of course he is. Uh, yeah, I got the, uh, the image all set uh, up and I'll add like an audio waveform and all that fun stuff. Find a okay. snippet from this and throw that in there. Sweet. And uh, yeah, um, all for, right. for the people, I mean, obviously, if they're tuned uh-huh. in, they probably already know, you know, who you are and where to find you. But for people that don't, where would you like people to kind of, you know, your socials and, you know, direct them where you where you want them? Yeah. Um, if you want to look at my work, go to um, Instagram.com slash the work of jar. If you want to ask me questions or talk to me, go to Twitter.com slash um, the work of jar. And if you want to know more about how I do and if you want to get in touch with me and want to book me for a project or anything, you can go to the work of jar dot com. Sweet. Right on, man. Well, yeah, like I said, thanks. Uh, thanks again. And this was definitely definitely fun, and I hope people listening in, enjoy it. So, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, my friend. Right on. The work jar, baby. Yep. Yeah. All right, man. Take care. Take it easy, brother.